two seamer. Is that the two seamer? But it take the that's that's more of a fork ball now that you have your fingers over top oh, of the ball. I didn't even know put, there was a fork ball. Put your fingers closer together between uh -huh. the between the railroad tracks. Oh, between the tracks. Thank you. There you go. There's oh, your yeah. stick. Do you do you do do you have a pitch that you that you can't throw so well, but you wish you could throw like if there was a fantasy like slider, slider, <laughs> oh my gosh. or breaking ball, any any type of breaking ball. Um, I throw my fastball uh, this year. I threw my fastball 88% of the time, which was ab actually the lowest uh, percentage in my career. Um, and I, I started mixing in my changeup and my slider a lot more uh, towards the, the second half of the season. But I just, I just have a really tough time spinning the baseball. Really? Uh, sliders, curveballs. Uh, I throw with a very stiff wrist, which is one of the reasons that my fastball has the deception that it has but it makes it very difficult for me to snap off a breaking ball. So um, I was working with Scherzer and Strasburg on it uh, for a bunch this year and with varying results. Uh, I had it for a little while and then I kind of lost it. So um, that's one of my projects for the offseason. Maybe a preview of things to come, but you know, back to the – I mean, that was exciting. And like I, I told some people, I've been like Rip Van Winkle with baseball. I took 11 years off because it's hard to keep up. I mean, the yeah. season's so long. I'm an all-or-nothing guy, so I have to watch all of it. Now that I'm retired, I can watch it all. Everybody in Charlottesville was so hyped for you and Zim, and uh, Ellywood Avenue was going nuts. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you were there in spirit. Uh, what's the ner What are the nerves like when you're getting ready to take the field for a World Series game that you know everybody on the planet's watching? Like, if a fly ball pops up in the air at night, are you like, are you nervous? <laughs> you know, like, because it's petrifying looking to me. Um, the nerves were, whew, uh, they're pretty intense, um, especially because there's so much happening before the game. Like, I don't know, like, you probably dealt with this in, in the Super Bowls that you played in, but like, we had a media day on the day before the World Series started. And then, you know, I, I'd been lucky enough to play in a couple All Star games, but the media at the World Series was, there were just, it, it was like times 100. There yeah. were so many more cameras and reporters. And so you start to realize on the day, and then we had a light workout after that, but you're, you're right away, you're like, oh, wow, this is like a totally different beast. This is something that none of us had ever experienced. We had had, I think, like three guys on our team play in a World Series before, and the only guy, we had one guy with a ring on the team. So, a lot of us were going through this for the very first time. And then the next day, you know, you can't sleep that night. Um, it's kind of like the night before opening day where you're a bundle of nerves. You're Mostly you're excited, but you're also a little nervous um, and you just want to get this thing started. Uh, then the next day, you know, you, you go out for stretch and for batting practice and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is this is happening. Um, I do think we did a great job as a team. We had a lot of um, really weird, like inside jokes that kind of uh, came up organically over the course of the season that allowed us to have enough fun to be able to cancel out some of those nerves and to deal with them a little bit. Um, one of the things we had, all the relievers, we wore polo shirts out for batting practice uh, be because we said... Uh, we said it, we we started doing it in the division series when we were down two games to one. This company just sent Aaron Barrett, one of our, one of our relievers, 
they sent him these Washington Nationals polo shirts. And we were like, and, and so like, we all put them on and we were like, Hey, we got to get down to business. Yeah. We got, we got to win tonight. Yeah. We were down two to one in a five game series. We had to win the, the, the next two. We won that game. We won the next one and we just kept winning. So we kept wearing them. But that was like a silly thing that was like, nobody does that in a world series. Like everybody's super focused, right? You're supposed to, this is the, this is the pinnacle and you're, you're supposed to be laser focused. And we're out there wearing like polo shirts and not goofing around, but like, no, but you gotta have fun. I mean, you got like, you can't, you can't get in it. Like, especially younger players, it takes pressure off, at least in football, it takes pressure off younger players if they see guys who get it and you don't have to have played in a world series or a super bowl to get it and what it's about the postseason. I just feel yeah. like that helps set the tone for some guys who might be a little bit afraid. They see that and, and, and they feel better. I, I'm picturing you in like a, a polo polo, like from Belk. I'm glad, or like a Tommy Hilfiger polo, but, but you would get fined for that. <laughs> no, it, we, we probably should have because <laughs> they, they told us that before that you're only allowed to wear, I mean, they gave us so many sweatshirts and t-shirts with the World Series logos on them and stuff like that. And they said, these are the only things you're allowed to wear on the field. And we were like, okay, well, some guys put on like the World Series sweatshirt and then put the polo over top right, of it. Right, right, right. Just so they had all their bases covered. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a, it's a company from Austin, Texas called Cricket. They make like golf shirts. Yeah. And they just sent them to one of the guys and he was like, I don't know what to do with these. But like we, you know, we had the baby shark. We had the um, baby shark. We had guys in the sun in, in the dugout wearing like rose colored sunglasses. Um, <laughs> I also think it helped that, especially in the division series against the Dodgers. <laughs> series against the Astros we were heavy underdogs um which is a weird thing to think about for us uh, on a team that has a rotation that starts with Scherzer Strasburg and Corbin a lineup that has an MVP candidate Anthony Rendon and Juan Soto to think that we're huge underdogs is weird but we embraced that role and we were like hey man we're playing with house money let's put this all out there and see how we stack up um we probably shouldn't even be here we're kind of we were kind of aware of that just based on the way our season started. So we tried to look at it like, what an incredible opportunity we have here to flip the script on these guys. Let's take it to them and see. Let's let's just see what we can do. And I think that allowed us to play just loose enough that we were able to take advantage of a lot of stuff. Yeah, when we made, when we made the Philly run, everything for us was. Like, like you said, we're playing with house money. No one thinks we're going to win. It's not going to be a disappointment. And you guys snuck in in the wild card, right? So yeah. I was going to ask you how you feel about the one game wild card thing. Do you think that should change down the line? I mean, obviously. I, as a player, I hate it. Yeah. As a relief pitcher, as a relief pitcher, I hate it. Um, I got burned by it in, in 2014. Um, I blew a save in the wild card game against the Royals, and um, we ended up losing an extra innings. Um, this year we, we, we pulled it out late. I think it's awesome for fans. Um, because in the second half of the season with the two wild card spots, there's a lot of teams that are still in a playoff race. Mm -hmm. So it, it's great for late season drama. And, um, but I think when you play 162 games and it, and then it comes down to one game, uh, that's, 
That's a little bit nerve wracking, man. Weird things can happen. You saw that we, we, we caught a break in the eighth inning when, when the ball took a weird hop in right field, uh, cleared the bases and we took the lead. Um, I think players would, would, would love to see some sort of three game series maybe that we could maybe sandwich in before the division series round. Um, I don't know if you're looking at, cause you would have to do it really quickly so there's not too much of a layoff before the division series. Maybe a doubleheader on one of those games if the team, if you guys split the first two games, just go right into it, high school right. summer baseball style. Let's I, get weird. I, with- yeah, let's get weird. Exactly. I mean, yeah. and you guys got really weird because you went on the road the whole time. I mean, like in the yeah. World Series, I is there is there a home field advantage in baseball that I don't understand? Because like when I look at it, it doesn't seem like it's as clear as in football or something or home ice and hockey or. You know, even, not, even basketball. You're right. You're right, and and I think the numbers back that up. Um, I remember going into the wild card game. People were asking us if we'd rather have the game at home or on the road, and I mean, we were all like, "Whatever, we're in the playoffs. We just want to. We have a chance now." So, um, but in the wild card game, I believe the road team actually has a better record, um, which is weird. And then, I mean, this year the World Series. It had never happened before in the history of the World Series. No home team won a game. All seven games, the road team won. Um, but like both teams that were in the World Series, we both had really, really good records at home during the regular season. So like, I don't really know how to explain that. Yeah. Uh, I know. I know. In, in the World Series, in games three, four, and five at Nats Park, I think we were a little bit. Um, we were a little bit overamped. Um, first World Series in DC since 1933. Um, our crowd was unbelievable, and I think we were pressing a little bit to yeah. try to, you know, blow the roof off the place. And we weren't really able we we weren't really able to get anything going. And uh, by the time the series went back to Houston, it was like <laughs> part of what some of us were joking that we were like, all right, we got to win these two so we can show our face again in DC. But then other guys were like, no, we're fine. Like no road team or no home team has won. So we got them right where we right, want them. Exactly. I mean, but I, like, you, you talk, I, you talk about pressing though, Sean. I mean, like it, in our sport, everybody energy is your friend, you know, like that energy, right. that, that excitement, that aggression. And like, that's interesting. You tap into it at home. It's like, these fans are out of control. I really want to mash the yeah. ball or strike people yeah. out or like, you know, it's just, I, it's it's weird. It's a different vibe. Yeah, you have to be able like football. Like you guys run out of the tunnel and you're like, let's go. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> you 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 very much feed off that energy. Baseball, like it's a slower game. Like yeah. it, it's it's um you know it's it's a little boring at times. Like you have to be able to manage those manage kind of the lull of the game. You have to be able to um think a little bit more strategy. You're trying to figure out the pitcher. The pitcher is trying to, to make a pitch in a pressure situation. Um, you, you can't just feed off those nerves. You have to be able to channel them somehow. And uh, we, we just might have been pressing during those three home games. But um, once, we, once we won the wild card game, uh, especially the way that we won it, there was a feeling of almost like invincibility. Um, maybe like are we supposed to do this? There's there's a year there's a team almost every postseason that ends up with 
devil magic is what we call it. <laughs> um, like they catch every break. They get, they get a lot of the close calls to go their way. Um, every clutch situation, somebody steps up. And so after, after the wild card game, we were like, whoa, maybe we have devil magic. And with the, the nationals, they had always been, the, we had always been the victim of it. Yeah. Um, and so this was, this was like a whole new thing. And, and we just tried to take it and run with it. You got to flip the devil magic. That's what I always say. But you save some some energy and some devil magic for probably a celebration, right? Because like that's the big question. Before I won a championship, I always wonder what it'd be like the night you win a championship. And then the parade, which I never thought about, is the best part. In baseball, the night after the Super Bowl is not as cool as you think. Like the night after yeah. you win, like it's more about the parade in the next couple of days. Did you sleep? Right. Like what? What? How many hours of sleep? Not REM sleep, just sleep. Did you get? <laughs> not a lot. Um, you're. I was. I'm. I'm totally with you until. First of all, being in the World Series was was crazy. Winning it until you've done it before. I don't know how if you felt this way, but like. It was such an abstract idea winning a world, winning a world championship. Um, it was obviously the ultimate goal, right? And and you you talk about it every spring training, um, but I'd never made it past the first round of the playoffs. Um, I lost in the division series three times uh, before we broke through this year. So like um, winning a World Series, it was it was very very surreal. Even as you know, you're hugging your teammates and you're getting doused with champagne um, that night. That night, um, I mean, we we celebrated in the locker room afterwards, champagne shower, everything. Um, but it was there was so much media in there. It was I think it was our most tame celebration, um, just because it was <laughs> it was so crowded. It was so crowded, and all the all the cameras. There's a every every media uh, outlet, I guess they have a camera, a cameraman, and then a reporter. And there's a microphone on a cord connecting the camera and and the mic. And so like they create like this chain where like you can't get through to like hug your teammates. Like yeah. it's weird. And so we were like, we were, I mean, once the, once the champagne was popped um, and, and a lot of the, um, a lot of the, the beers and stuff had been drank, we, we went back. Oh, we went back out on the field. We took some pictures with like our family and stuff. And then we went back to the hotel. There, there was a party at the hotel, and there was a party uh, at at a restaurant near the hotel. But um, I agree with you. It was it was a little bit more tame than than I had thought. I yeah, think because bars that, bars don't stay. It's like where do you go? Like after most games, you know, Super Bowl ends late, right? And yeah. kind of to your point, we never had the champagne thing going before my first Super Bowl in New England. Me and a couple guys the morning of the game. I haven't ever shared this. We were so inspired by the baseball stuff. We went to a Walgreens in Houston, and you want to <laughs> this is cool. You so we went to Walgreens in Houston. Maybe it was right near where you were staying, but we copped like ten bottles of Andre and snuck them in our bag. No and, way! Yeah, the cheapest shit we could find, and uh, we tried to do like a little mini celebration. Didn't look as cool as yours. It didn't. We didn't know how to get it to fizz. Like I know there's like an art to it. Are there like, yeah. are there codes within that celebration? Like, don't spray me too hard, bro. Like, you know, I, I need my goggles on. I don't, you know, like, are there unwritten, there's a lot of unwritten rules and unspoken rules in baseball. What about the ones in champagne parties? No, it's, uh, there are no, that might be the only rule is that there are no rules. Um, yeah. yeah, everybody, you're, you're fair game all the time. You, you kind of, 
have to have your guard up, whether sometimes you'll be given an interview and um, you might take your goggle, you might put your goggles on top of your head to give the interview so you can see what's who you're talking to and what's going on. And I mean, you're a sitting duck and somebody will come up behind you and either pour it over your head or sneak behind the cameraman and and spray you uh, pretty much right in the face. Um, the only rule is that you don't you don't spray it before we're ready to go. Everybody gets in there. You take the uh, you unscrew the the little wiring off and uh, and you start shaking it up so that it's ready to go. But you don't pop that cork until everybody's everybody's ready. I should have shook it up more. That was the problem. The Andre kind of <laughs> just like it was more like hot lava running down, like that than a full on explosion. It was kind of like oh well, fuck it. We won the Super Bowl. This was awesome. Uh, you know, yeah, Make, you got a question here, Doc? It's Macon. Uh, Take us back to the late aughts, if you will, which, Chris, by the way, is the last time Doc and I were together. Uh-huh. Shout out to the nest at, at Rugby Mac. Rugby Mac. You're drafted as a first baseman, multiple injuries, multiple surgeries. You're at the top of the mountain now. Did you ever see that path when you were going through that 2007, 8, 9? No, not at all. Um, yeah, I was drafted in 2007 as a first baseman, and um, by 2009, I, I was in a good spot. I was in AAA with the A's. Um, I was I was hitting cleanup and playing every day and knocking on the door. But um, I had I ended up having two knee surgeries and missing essentially all of 2009 and 2010. And then um, at the beginning of the 2011 season, I, I tore up, uh, I tore a tendon in my wrist, my right wrist. Um, I swung and missed at a pitch and it just popped. And, um, so I spent the rest of the uh, 2011 season in Arizona. Um, and the A's came to me and said, uh, what, what would you think about getting on a throwing program in case, uh, you know, you have to start pitching. Um, they called it my insurance plan wow. because I, I, I did pitch. I did pitch in college, and they said uh, if we have to activate your insurance plan, at least we won't have to start from scratch. You could get a couple of months in throwing while you're still rehabbing your right wrist, um, and then we'll see what the doctors say. Um, I was in a cast for my right wrist injury that went from uh, the knuckles on my hand up past my elbow. Um, and uh so i couldn't put a glove on i had to have somebody catch for me like a kind of like quarterbacks do before a game um mm -hmm. so like i'm long tossing and um basically my, by i guess by uh mid by mid-august um the 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 doctor is like hey you uh you probably need surgery um and that's a six to eight month recovery so that put 2012 in jeopardy and i went to the a's and i said I'm pretty, I was pretty much at the end of my rope. Um, I had, I had asked to switch, um, right after that. And, um, and in the meantime, I had called my agent and I actually said, Hey, what's the process look like for re-enrolling in college? I was going to go I, If they weren't going to let me switch, I was going to go back to school. Um, wow. And, and I wanted to, I wanted to, to get the, to kind of explore how to start doing that. And, um, they came back to me the next day and they were like, we were kind of surprised you didn't ask us about this sooner, um, about switching. They brought a scout to watch me throw to hitters the next day. Um, I didn't throw and I didn't throw, a, I didn't throw a single pitch under 95, 
And that was a little mind blowing to me. I knew, I knew, I felt like I was kind of throwing hard, but even in college, I didn't throw that hard. Um, maybe a, a few extra years of development and, and strength training, um, at, that might've helped. But, uh, so like then they were like, you can switch, but you're going to have to start all over again, um, in the minor leagues. And I was like, that's fine. I just get me off the training table, get me off the disabled list. Let's go. I'll play wherever. Just give me a uniform. I started the next season, 2012. I started the next season in in single A. I was there for a month. I was in double A for three weeks, and I was in triple A for a week, and I got called up in June. Um, so I never envisioned – I never envisioned – at the, going through all that, I never envisioned winning a World Series. Um, I, my my mindset during that time, I just didn't want to leave any stone unturned. I didn't want to have any regrets. Um, if I was going to go back to school, which I plan to, I still plan to do at some point. You and me, I'm, we might be in the same classroom. Hey, that would be. I got like <laughs> twenty. I have twenty credits left. What was your major? So I was a psychology major. I have 30 credits left. I might so switch and catch up, and then we could we could just you know cross the finish line together. There we go. <laughs> I've got a diploma. If you guys want to see what you one know, looks what like. you know, I can't find the words because I'm not a college graduate. Go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> uh, so so you talked about Oakland a little bit. You know, you you were loved in Oakland, and for years there, where I'm following you. Um, I actually would watch some Oakland games, and and I love that as a sports town. I know you you seem to really enjoy the the area. They're losing the Raiders, you know, the the Warriors bolt to San Fran. The Warriors get gentrified. Um, right. What like when you look at Oakland? What do you remember as a sports town? And is there a way forward for them to preserve some of that magic that they've had in the past there? Um, Oakland. They have, I still think they have some of the most loyal and passionate fans in baseball. Um, you, if you, you, if you, you've watched A's games, you turn those games on, and I mean, a lot of times there's 10,000 people, 15,000 people in the stands, and, and in, in that stadium that, um, I think as they have it set up right now, because you know they have some tarps on uh, on the upper deck covering some seating. I think capacity is around like forty, so it looks it looks empty, right? But they always made it they always made it sound loud. They brought they bring drums, they got horns, they they there's signs. Um, it's unlike any other fan base in Major League Baseball um, because of the energy that the fans bring. They're incredibly passionate. They, they 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 find connections with players um, and it, it as a player they're like it makes you feel like you're really like a part of the community it's a really cool vibe um, I think I hope and I had said this when I was playing there that wherever they build a new stadium whenever they do build it they have to find a way to make sure that their fans can still bring that kind of energy to that stadium Um I think it would be really sad for Major League Baseball if their new stadium, because originally there, there were there were rumors that one of their plans was to build in San Jose, uh, in the South Bay, which is like forty five minutes to an hour away. Silicon you're Valley. Not, yeah, you're not going to get the same vibe in the stadium. It's no, going to be it's going to be real techy. Yeah, a lot of tech bros. <laughs> and tech bros are not the Oakland crowd. 
No, no. And, and, and so, um, you know, they, they do have, they have plans right now. They're trying to build the stadium across the bay from AT&T Park um, on the Oakland side, which would be really cool to kind of have mirror images like that. Um, but they're running into, I think, some problems with infrastructure as far as uh, they would have to update a lot of the roads and, and the rail system to get people over to the games. I, I think what you're going to end up seeing is they, they build a new stadium in the parking lot next to the Coliseum because they have the space. There's already infrastructure built. But uh, I loved my time in Oakland, man. I, I really did. I was a part of that organization for 10 years. Um, and uh, I grew up in that organization. I played there for six years in the big leagues. And I loved it. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's different. It's unique. The facilities are a little bit lacking. Spartan, um, Spartan would be the word. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> all, those, uh, all the West Coast football stadiums, which are going by the wayside, we talked about it the other day. Like Qualcomm gone, Candlestick was my favorite place to play in the world. Like even though they were fierce rivalries, Rams, Niners, so fun to go there. Even though I had to tell my wife and my mom, do not wear Rams clothing. Like none yeah. of that. Yeah, you know, bring a bring a big buddy in with you. I'd, I'd send one of my buddies in to sit with them. It's 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 a rough place for football, and that's what football is all about. And I know the baseball fans. In the, the black hole in the Coliseum. When I watch A's games, it doesn't seem corporate. It doesn't seem gentrified. And I love that about it. I hope they find a way. On a lighter note, Sean, is baseball the best sport to take a dump during the game in? It has to be, right? I mean, it's there, there are natural, there are probably more natural breaks in the game than any other sport, I would think. Um, there's more downtime. So. If you're a position player and your your spot's not up that inning, or you're a pitcher and maybe it's not your start day, or you're in the bullpen, I just feel like now with, with the facilities and all these new stadiums, especially the <laughs> there's there's a bathroom right in, in the dugout and there's there's bathrooms in the bullpen. So are you allowed I mean, to? Are you allowed to? Is there like there's rules out the wazoo with baseball? Is are you allowed to dump in the in the in the the main bathroom right there and blow it up? Not in the dugout. Yeah, you're not you don't supposed do that. To, supposed to do it in the dugout. No. Uh, in in the bullpen, you're kind of. It's supposed to be kind of emergency situations only, or or <laughs> nothing, nothing like that past the fifth inning, um, oh. because you you got your late inning, you got your late inning guys that yeah are gonna need to maybe use the bathroom before they have to start warming up, and and you don't want to you don't want to drop a bomb in there to leave it for them before they're trying to get ready to nail down a, a win. So. Nothing after the fifth, um, you know, but so many of these places have, you know, you can, you can use the tunnel to get from the bullpen to the, to the uh, locker room if you really need to. And it's, you know, got, it's, got, it's got to be peaceful when there's 20,000 fans out in that stadium to find a quiet place to just be alone and exercise the demons. What'd you call it? Devil magic? <laughs> That's not double bit. <laughs> Make what? You, what did you have? I want to bring us back a little bit. Okay. I know. I know that's that's your uh, go-to topic more often than not. Sean, twenty nineteen baseballs. Talk to me about the significantly lower drag coefficient than that oh, of twenty eighteen. Yeah. Now I want to know which camp you're in, and I'm going to give you three options followed by an all of the above or a none of the above. 
Okay. Smoother leather covers. A. Greater spherical symmetry. B. A more centered core. C. All or none of the above or one of those is the ticket. I I think A and C. So the the smoother the smoother leather um, the balls did feel, um, in general, they felt a little bit more slick and the seams felt lower, maybe even a little wider. Um, so I, I know early in the season, there were a lot of guys that were having trouble with their off speed pitches. Walks were up hit by pitches were up this year. Um, I think because guys had difficulty adjusting to the, uh, the grip of the baseball, you'd see a number of times where, the umpire would throw a pitcher a new baseball. I, I did this all the time, and, and I would get it, and it, it just doesn't feel right in your hands. Um, and so we'd go through like two or three before he, he threw one out that I felt like I could do something with. Um, the centered core, that might be a part of it too. Um, balls balls aren't, aren't juiced. Um, I think that's the wrong way to, to say it because – we're not seeing we're not necessarily seeing higher exit velocities we're just seeing balls that get hit in the air they just don't come down um we we saw home runs hit this year with exit velocities in the low 90s and even in the high 80s which a year or two ago would be absolutely unheard of you have to hit it almost 100 miles an hour at, at the right angle for it to have enough energy to get out of the stadium and now these balls just aren't coming just aren't coming down so if it has to do with the drag and, and the smoother cover, or if it's spinning better because of the, the, the core, I really don't know. Um, but major league baseball, they weren't, they weren't traveling like that in the playoffs. Um, then there were, there was a bunch of theories that MLB changed the balls maybe for the playoffs. Um, so I don't know. I think that's a, that's a really, that's something that we as a league need to get a handle on because major league baseball, First, they said the balls aren't different. Then they said they're different, and we don't know why. Um, so they they need to they need to figure that out because if they can change the the way the baseball flies, they can change the fundamental nature of how teams are putting rosters together, the strategy that they're using during the games. Um, I don't know. I think it's I think it's kind of scary, actually. Well, that was quite the segue from dumps in dugouts to exit velocity. So I don't know but if that was the. That's what you get with Sean Doolittle. He's very versatile and speak on both. I mean, eloquently. that's amazing. So that now I hate to be the the, the guy again, but velocity. Are dudes wearing cups? <laughs> nice, Sean. Did you hear that? What do you say? Exit velocity. Exit velocity. Yeah, it, they actually were more connected <laughs> yeah. than you might. Yeah, think. that's what. I, no, that was the joke, bro. Damn. Oh my god. I'm in third place. Holy shit! Okay. I thought the guy with the degree doesn't get it, Sean. Hey, so do dudes wear cups? Because when I played, I used to just go out there and just say I was I wasn't on the hot corner, but I was in first base. And you know, you as a first baseman at times in your career, like, what's the cup quotient? Um, I would say almost all of your fielders wear cups. Even the um, outfielders. I'm trying to think of our guys. Um, Actually, no. Yeah, you're probably not going to see it that much in outfielders. Yeah, that would be um, weird. There's just, but there, there are some guys that do say most pitchers don't. Um, but there are some guys that that do say like, well, 
we had to wear it in high school and I just, I, I felt naked without it. So I just wear it yeah. because like, um, that it's just, they don't really think about it that much. And, you know, I play with some pitchers that had said that where it was just like, I, I don't feel like I'm prepared to be on the field if I feel exposed if I don't have it. But I think pitching, Phil, I think Philip Rivers wears a cup. Hmm. He's pr- fairly prolific at the procreation. Nine deep. I think he's pr- <laughs> I think he's protecting the jewels. Hey, nine. He could field a baseball team. He could field a baseball team. <laughs> That's true. Uh, okay, <laughs> favorite athletes that 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 have worn goggles in sports. Oh man. Um, Goggles. Who was the uh, who was the guy that played for the Bulls? Horace Grant. He's the first Horace Grant. He was the first one in my head. Yeah. Do you have yeah. one? Sean Doolittle. Sean Doolittle's up there yeah. for me. Yeah. Uh, did Eckersley never wore? He just had a a damn good mustache. Yeah, and he had good flow too. He had great flow. Which okay. Speaking of segues, thank you. I'm covering up my flow today in honor of you to rep the Wahoos. Um, your go-to hair product currently because your volume is something to behold. Voluminous. You don't have to give out your secrets, but maybe the kind of, what are we working in there to get that that sort of, I know it's almost touching the the banister there. (laughs) It's going all the way to the ceiling. Yeah. Um, it's It's out of the shot. No, there we go. Looking good, dude. Yeah, that, what are you using? Is that using? a pomade? It's a mess right now. It's uh no, it's oh. a uh it's a paste. It's a uh Kevin Murphy r- uh, Rough Rider is the name of it. Rough Rider. Uh, Google. Yeah, it's what I I have a ton of hair and it grows so fast. It oh. it can be It's a good, <laughs> it's a good problem to have, I suppose. But Oh my god. Is, I haven't gotten a haircut in like 2 weeks, oh. you know. Good. It was good luck. We were making a we were making a run. So well, the flow the flow is intact. It is looking good, dude. Uh, UVA. What's the perception of UVA baseball to other major leaguers? Like, what do they think about UVA players? What's the rep? Yo, this has come a long way since I got drafted in two thousand seven, we and now UVA baseball is they're up in people put them up on the same pedestal with. Vanderbilt, Clemson, um, you know, Ole Miss, like the the traditional baseball powerhouses. Um, Virginia is very much in that echelon. Um, when I got drafted, it was the complete opposite almost. Even though we had been good for like three or four years before I got drafted, uh, I think we'd gone to the regionals every year. But, uh, you know, they said, where'd you go to school? I said, Virginia. And they said, "Oh, Virginia Tech, nice." Uh, and I'm like, "I'm like, what?" I'm like, "No, like, uh, I got like where people were like, um, what conference is that in?" What? Like, especially like West Coast guys, you know, like uh, or or guys that Cal played State it. Fullerton at, Bros. Yeah, at some JUCOs maybe. Yeah. And I, I was like, wow, like we're in the ACC. I mean, we'd gone to four straight regionals. I was like. We're we're putting things we're putting the team on the map, but it's um it's cool to see how the program has continued to to grow and they won a national championship in 2015. So um, I you know it's it's been so cool to follow. Give you, give us an interesting 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 
oak story. Interesting. Oh my gosh. An interesting oak. There's, there's a lot. Um, you put me on the spot here. He does um, that. He does that. He does that a lot. The good thing is we're going to trim this down so that while you're thinking, it doesn't look like you thought for a while. I'm thinking. And, oh, uh, man. I, the first thing that came into my head uh, was from the first time I met him. Uh, I, so I was a, I was, this was the summer between my junior and senior year of high school. Um, so I had, you know, that I just started getting recruited and, uh, he had just gotten the job. He was the pitching coach at Notre Dame and, um, I was doing a baseball camp at Hampton Sydney college in Farmville, Virginia. Partied there. There's not much going there. So much going on there. Uh, it, we got drunk it, and went to a haunted house, by the way. That's what we did. An actual haunted house, not one that's commercially. That, what they do there is they get drunk in fields or they get drunk and go into abandoned houses. That's what they do in Hampton, Sydney. Go ahead. I was going to say, I, I bet there's several buildings in and around there that are very haunted. Very. Uh, but no, we, I, <clears throat> I met him. Uh, it was an unofficial visit. So... Um, this was before school was in and he had just gotten the job and he was, we met him at the baseball stadium and then we went to grab a bite to eat and we went to Chili's and he <laughs> ordered chicken fingers. And I was like, this is my guy. <laughs> like, I, that's how I knew right then and there that, that this had a chance to, to really work out. <laughs> you know, you're not, you're not into the baby back ribs. Well, he, we ordered chips and salsa bottomless chips and salsa and he, he got chicken fingers and i was like i was like <laughs> we're vibing i was like this is my guy how did you know i was like i want to go here That's so awesome. I, I saw the baseball field and had chicken fingers with the coach and i was like this is it chris is a big jersey number guy you wore the beautiful number 21 at virginia Talk yeah. to us about number 63 in dc so i changed my number um I changed my number at the beginning of the season. I had worn 62 for the the first seven years of my career. Um, It didn't really have any significance to me at all, um, other than the fact that it was what was hanging in my locker when I got called up as a rookie in 2012. Um, I'm pretty sure at that point it was just on the top of the pile because I had a different number in spring training that year. So I really don't know how that worked out. Um, But uh, I changed my number um, this year. Um, and I, I, I didn't talk about this all season and, and, and I just, uh, after talking with my family, I, I just, uh, decided that we we wanted to tell the story, but we lost my grandmother in spring training. Um, it was, it was very sudden and unexpected. And so I was away from the team for about a week. Uh, I went back to Virginia, um, to be with my family and, um, my my grandmother and my grandfather who were like my biggest fans um they living in williamsburg while i was at uva they were at literally every game i played uh even on the road cuz they were right in the middle of acc country um but they were they were married for 63 years and um it was a way to uh kind of honor them and um keep her with me and um so it's always cool to see every time you walk into the locker room 
your your last name on a major league uniform right underneath the the major league baseball logo and to have that number now carry um some really really um significance is uh it, it's really cool along those lines uh after the world series ended and you were a champion was there one person outside your family that you wanted to call and talk to first or text oh um my phone was blowing up and yeah how many text messages did you have after i came in, i came in um from game seven after the after the uh after the celebration when I when I could finally get to my locker. Cause they put they put the plastic over in front of all the lockers. So you can't get to your phone. You can't get you can't get to your you really you could if you really wanted to, That's but like crazy. it would it would you would ruin your phone in the celebration for sure with yeah. all the it's all the time for an upgrade anyway, so libations flying around. Yeah. Um so like you you literally you come into the locker room they take your jersey and your hat on the field. They put it into like a big cart. They give you the World Series champion shirt and hat. And then when you go into your lock into the locker room, um, some guys would like they they would leave out the the clubhouse staff would leave out your your shower shoes so that you could kick off your spikes and slide into your shower shoes. And then uh, I guess it would it was pro- so by the time the game ended. Or by the time the party ended, it was probably like two hours after the game that you could finally get to your phone, um, which is probably healthy to be able to just. It's, it's healthy. Them. It's healthy anytime. I'm going to set the over under at 200. You taking the over or the under on text messages? Over. I'm taking the over as well. It was 402 when I finally got to it. And I, 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 I had four. I had like 460 or four or 400. Like, yeah, it's cra- there's a science to this, bro. It's un- it was unbelievable, um, and, and so I'm still. Let's see, what am I at right now? I'm still at 104. I'm at 131, uh, and I haven't done shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. Any big? I did get some, like, to be honest, we we just talked about Coach O'Connor, but he sent me a really, really, really nice message. Um, he's someone that you know I've, I've kept in touch with over. Um, you know, my entire playing career and, um, that meant a lot to me. Some of the guys I played with at, at, at UVA, um, that, that meant a lot. Um, Bob Melvin, who was the manager when I was in Oakland. Oh, that's gotta be awesome to get that text. Yeah. Some of the guys, some, and some of the guys I played with in Oakland, I think it was more so like former teammates, you know, that, that, that meant a lot. Former coaches, guys that you'd played with before that, that had, um, you know, you, you, you just, I don't know. There's such a, there's a mutual respect there, I think. And oh, yeah. And they love seeing you succeed because y'all grinded it out in tough situations right. for years. So it's, it's always good to see your boy succeed on the biggest stage, which you did. Yeah. yeah. I've got one more. And then Sean. we're going to let the champ go. Okay. Um, Sean, I don't think I've disagreed with anything you've said regarding baseball or anything else for about the last decade plus, maybe ever. You're a reliever. Chris and I have talked a bit about unwritten rules in baseball. Please tell me that you advocate for more bat flips, bigger bat flips, better bat flips. Bigger bat flips. We need some fun infusion into baseball. Agree or disagree? 
Uh, wholeheartedly agree. Here we um, go. Bang. I I'm team bat flip. Um, because especially as long as as long as the bat flip isn't directed at at me. Right. Don't direct the bat flip at the pitcher. Don't make eye contact with him. Don't show him up. If you want to celebrate how excited you are that you just hit a big home run in a big spot, have at it. You know. Um, what about carrying I, your bat to first base like my boy Bregman? <laughs> weird. That was weird, right? That I do was love weird. Bregman though. And then Soto. I, I don't yeah. like playing against Bregman, but I love watching him. I think he's <laughs> one of the, the more exciting uh, players that we have in our game, and I think he's. I think the way that he's kind of doing it. That's the future of our game, right? Uh, he's got the social media presence. He's got a YouTube channel. Um, oh, he's he's done a really cool job, I think, of uh, of of walking that line of having fun with playing the game, but still respecting it. Um, I just think in that moment he kind of got caught up. Like he he hit a big home run, um, and. I think he like started going down first base and he had the bat kind of up. He was, he had it raised and then <laughs> like, what do I he, do with the bat? <laughs> yeah. He was watching the ball and then like the ball landed. Cause it was such, it was a high home run. It took a long time for it to, to land. Um, and then like all of a sudden he, he looked down and he realized he was like pretty much at first base and he tried to hand the bat to the first base coach. I just think he was like, it was more awkward. It was more to me awkward. Than- yeah, it was an awkward move. It was like the misunderstood Jimmy G thing. Upon further review, if you saw Jimmy G after the <laughs> game, I, people thought he was shooting a shot at Aaron Andrews. I think he's just incredibly awkward, and he was his tone was off. Like he, they were like, "How do you feel about? How do you? How's it feel to be undefeated?" He's supposed to say, "It feels great, baby." And he yeah. said, it feels great, baby. Yeah. And yeah. Then it was just awkward. And I think to your point, Bregman might have just got caught in one of those awkward national TV situations yeah. with a lot yeah. on the line. I think, too, though, one thing about that was later in that game, Juan Soto hit a home run. Uh, I think it I think his it was a big spot. It tied the game or put us up one. He did the same thing yeah. because. He said, I thought it when he did it, I thought it looked cool and I wanted to do that. This guy's <laughs> 21. This guy's 21. And he's playing in his first World Series in his first full season in the league. And he's planning his home run celebrations. He's that like, good. It's not that easy. No. Like, you, <laughs> Isn't it cool? It's, 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 it's like looking at a young pass rusher or somebody in the NFL. It's like, man, it would be good, cool to be that guy. I mean, that guy's uh, going to have a yeah, cool life. Man. I mean, he turned Verlander came. He threw him a ninety-six mile an hour fastball up and in, dotted it, put it exactly where he wanted to put it, and and Soto hit it into the second deck. And as if that wasn't impressive enough, now he's play, Now he's announcing after the game that he he had that planned out because he thought it was cool. Um, World Series home I, runs grow on trees. Yeah, no, I think I think um, with the bat flips, uh, I think it. We we should change the way, just in general, the way that we define respecting the game. I think you I think you can show how much you respect the game by how much fun that you have playing it. Um, I think it, as long as you're not doing it directly at somebody, if somebody bat flips me, I I promise you I will be more upset that I didn't execute the pitch. Uh, I will be more upset at myself. Um, my feelings will not be hurt by by you celebrating with your team because if I get you in that spot, I I, I get a big strikeout in that spot. I'm probably gonna yell or scream or uh, do something towards my dugout. So it goes both ways. It's got to go both ways. And 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 I think um, I, I'm totally fine with with having fun. 
Well, you have respected the pod here. You have respected Greenlight by giving us a lot of your time. You are a champ, bro. Like, you have other shit to do. We appreciate you coming by. And just really proud of you here in Charlottesville. Really happy for you. You have set a great example your entire entire career on and off the field. So thank you so much for being you, dude. I'll see you in class. Yeah, hey, man. I'll see you back on, on grounds, grounds, as Grounds, bruh. Grounds, bruh. Hey, go, yeah. go, to the, go to the Bears game. Give them a pep talk. We'll, we'll talk to you soon, Sean. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot, brother. Congratulations.